Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a fresh edition on Bill Roden of Sports. Um, I'm here at live at City Field with my co-host and friend, Jamal Murphy. Jamal, what's up? I'm hanging in there, man. I'm glad to be here in Flushing, Queens. Yeah, at, uh, Flushing, Queens. Right? The beautiful city field. Yeah, beautiful city field. They got a nice view of, uh, of not just the parking lot, <laughs> the 7 train, but uh, right. Arthur Ashe Stadium. I mean, right, with it's the really new, quite remarkable, right? With the new roof. Yeah, you know? quite, quite impressive, man. We see uh, over in the distance, you know, the uh, World's Fair uh, from 1964. I mean, look how look how um, the the stadium Arthur just dwarfs the the the, the, wor- the globe the World's Fair. Well, anyway, right? No, no, it's uh, probably definitely 64. impressive. Yeah, in '64 they probably thought that that was like going to be the biggest structure ever. Right. And here you got like a tennis stadium of all things in the United States, a tennis stadium. I wonder what Arthur Ashe would have felt that he would have thought that. A, there'd be a stadium in his name, and then they put a dome on top of it for right. the U.S. Open. Right. Yeah. No, big, big, you know, great stuff. Great stuff. No question Good about progress. it. No question yeah. about it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the U.S. Open in August. Yeah, we definitely have to uh, have to be there and uh, do a podcast from there. Yeah. Well, we'll do something live. So, um, lots going on, man, although it is, it, it is May. There's a lot going on. There's NBA playoffs. There's, um, you know, LeBron. There's all kinds of stuff. So, what, what's your what's your thought as as we speak as we speak? We've got, um, yeah, it's a very interesting playoffs. Right. It looks like the, in, in, out east. Let's start east since that's going to be the quickest. With, yeah, with Toronto, it's pretty, pretty much and, over. I yeah, I mean, like. I mean, who knows? Right. Toronto could storm back and right. we'll be eating crow. Well, we don't eat crow on Bill Road on Swan. But but it looks pretty. I mean, I mean it, it almost looks like like um, you know like college versus a pro team. Or something. Yeah, it looks like child's play out there. Um, you know, I don't, I can't see uh, Lowry and DeRozan bringing them back. Neither of the first two games have been any kind of real contest. So I think you're right. I think it's pretty much over. And as it was supposed to be, we all it was we all are just waiting for LeBron to get through the East, to the final, and then the real test comes. Right. He seems, I mean, he seems like he's playing with a vengeance, man. I mean, right. I'm looking at those first two games, and it really seems that he's really trying to put his signature on this stuff, you know? And, and, and they have three, they've got the formula. They've got three great players. LeBron, uh, Kyrie, Kyrie Irving. And I guess you kind of have to include... Kevin, Kevin Love, Love right? and, and, and I think I think you're using great loosely a little bit because I think those other two guys have to prove it, right? They're gonna when come come the finals where the, where we think they'll be against either Oklahoma City or Golden State. That's when we'll see whether those two guys are, are great. great. Yeah, because you no, know, you're right. We do. I feel great, 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 great. LeBron has proven that he's great, and right. also, I mean, are you great in championship? It's like like you know, like the bully. Can you beat everybody up, or right. you just beat up the weakling? <laughs> right, you right. know. And LeBron has proven that he right. beats everybody up. Right, and the East is definitely the weakling. Like the, yeah. there's no question, it's a weak conference. 
like OKC, the Spurs, OKC beat right. the Spurs. The Spurs, you can't tell me they wouldn't have run through the East, at least, you know, up to Cleveland. Right. So they re Cleveland really hasn't had, hasn't been tested. But I think, you know, you're talking about LeBron. We know he's already tested. We know right. what he can do. And to me, he's basically, in a way, able to rest. You know, during these, <laughs> I guess, yeah, right, during Toronto, you know, he, he hasn't really oh, you had the whole season. Yeah, no, the whole season and the playoffs. That's I mean, he, he hasn't. I mean, he's been great, but he hasn't had to really exert Push himself, himself or or carry anything. So if when when he needs to, which he might need to do, come the West, depending on if Love and Kyrie really show up, I think he's he has the stamina to do it this time. And, and the proof too, remember, and I think for him, it will. Because remember, when they went through the playoffs, he was without Irving. Right. And he was out loud. I mean, he basically had to face Golden State by himself. Right. I mean, he had Tristan Thompson. He had J.R. Smith, who had just joined the team at the yeah. midway point. Della Vadova. Della Vadova was like the starter. You know. Oh my goodness. So I think that – and I think all of us said that what's it going to be like if he could face OKC or – Golden State with a full crew, right? Because LeBron to me counts for a man and a half, at least, and maybe yeah. two. Yeah, you know. So yeah, that's gonna be the that's gonna be the test, and that's what everybody wants to see. Now we have in the West we have a real series going on. Uh, OKC finally has woken up. Right. I mean they have these two guys, uh, Westbrook and Kevin Durant, who everybody's right. been saying for the past couple of years were two top five guys. Right. And now it seems like they're just starting to show it. Right. Because you know they they beat. The, they beat Goliath in San Antonio, who, who showed their age. They, I mean, they old, they old, uh, uh, an Asian Goliath, I mean. Right, right. Maybe, maybe it should be Methuselah. <laughs> <laughs> because right. it wasn't even Goliath. But yeah, but I mean, and it, but it was impressive. Right, and, every, and you know, they exposed them for that age. Because before that series, nobody was really talking about their age. Right. Everybody was expecting them to get to the final, or at, least not, or at least get to the Western Conference final and see if they could handle Golden State. Um, but OKC, those two guys showed up. You know, you talk about being great. They took a step towards greatness, and I think, if, in my opinion, if they're going to show they're really great, they have to get by Golden well, State. I, I think again, we use the word great. Right. I mean, I guess where we say they're great players, right. whatever that. I mean, but in this business, you you win. I mean, you have to win championships, and then perform great in championships. Though Peyton Manning didn't necessarily do that, but that's he yeah, got one. I don't know. Did he, was he really great? Was Peyton Manning great in either of those games? No. Either of those Super Bowl games? He, he got him home field advantage in the regular season. He was yeah. great in the regular season. Yeah. He broke right. all kinds of records. Yeah. But I know. I but agree. He I, breaks records, I completely right? agree with you. Right, I yeah. mean, I'm not a big Peyton guy. Yeah, but we don't kick him with his nah, guy. Yeah. Yeah. He retired. <laughs> retired. All, all praise to Peyton Manning. We'll probably, he may, hopefully, we'll have him on the show sometime. <laughs> so we don't want to kill him. No, we're not going to kill him. But, um, but, yeah, but, but that game, that, that first game won. Oklahoma City was really, I mean, was very, very, very impressive. I mean, Westbrook looked like unstoppable. Right. And actually, and, and Kevin Durant did not have a great game. Right. He 10 for 30 in that game. Shot 10 for 30 in that game. Uh, Westbrook had a great third quarter. Right. Uh, but, but to me, Golden State didn't play anything like they did during the regular season. They, were, they had a bunch of turnovers. They looked almost overconfident. I mean, they, they always are. look overcome. They always look. I right. think that's why people, well, let me not project. That's why I. Right. There's some things that just that irks me uh -huh. about them. I mean, listen, I know Steph Curry is a, is a good guy. 
Right. You know, I've met him a couple of times. Just really down to but okay. Having said that, right. And I think, and again, he doesn't have he has no control over the media. Right. And people try to make people heroic. Right. And and I just think that with stuff, you know, and, and again to our brethren in the media, our predominantly white media, I think he's the kind of brother that people feel comfortable with. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, he's the kind of, you know, nice guy, nice kid. You right. know, he can, they can see, you know, they can see. He, he doesn't scare them. Right. He didn't yeah. maybe let him hang out with your daughter. Maybe. Maybe. Well, maybe. Not care. You'll go too far. Okay. Okay. But, but yeah, I mean, but it's plausible. <laughs> it's right, plausible. Right. right. But you know, he's a Christian guy, and, right? And again, he doesn't scare you. I think even LeBron. Big, big black scares guy. people. Big black guy. Yeah. They're, you know, they've been known to scare people. Yeah, I mean, it's like, yeah, I mean, so so I think there's a lot in this media. Remember, we're talking about predominantly white media. Right. And for a lot of people in the media and their, and their audiences and their, you know, sports, particularly football, basketball, is where you really is probably the only place you come in contact consistently with a lot of black folks. Right. Particularly a lot of black men. Right. And that's what makes so... You know, when you have in the NBA, you have all these brothers, man. You know, and and it's it's at a safe distance. I mean, you're you know, but I right. think a guy like so, I guess what I'm saying is that for them to continue to just to pump him up to the point where it kind of gets sick, you know, you're, you find yourself. I mean, even LeBron, I think you may have, even LeBron seems sympathetic. Right. You know, it's LeBron who. A lot of people have issues with not 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 because he's not a good guy, but just right. you know, just the prima donna and right. dramatics and that kind. Of, but now I find myself, damn man, LeBron looking pretty good now. You know? Right, and you're not alone. And, and a lot of people, a lot of people feel that are you know Golden State is getting that backlash. I'm not. They have a lot of fans. A lot of people root for it. I'm I'm rooting for them. I don't know. You know, I I'm just. I got I got into the seventy three game, the the break in the regular season record. I don't think they really got the credit that they deserve as a team. And right. I, I was annoyed last year that, that Steve Kerr got all the credit and, and Mark Jackson was killed. Right. You know, that team to me not right. to say who knows if Mark Jackson could have gotten to that level. Him for yeah, that. I'm just now getting over that, <laughs> right. honestly. Right. I'm just now getting over that and who's to say that you know, we don't know what Mark Jackson would have done, but that team was going to get better regardless because they were a young team. And to, and, to Steph's, and to Steph's credit, now, I mean, I just killed him. But to, I didn't, well, did I kill him? No, I didn't, didn't kill him. him. But to Steph's credit, when when, when Mark was was um, fired, Steph, thank you, Steph um, actually went to the owner and, you know, made a, made a pitch for Mark. And I, right. I respected that. And, of course, the owner basically shooed him off the office, basically, you know, Exercising power, right? So, you know, signs your check, right? So just get, you right. know, get, right. get out of here. Right. But but I do respect Steph for uh, re, you know understanding that hey this is a, this is a, a brother and not not just a brother but he really developed them. Yeah, he developed them, and I think they're fellow Christians and right. all that. Right. so I do respect uh, I do respect um, Steph for that. And, and another guy gets on Draymond Green's getting a little he's getting a little on my I just. I mean, not <laughs> not quite Amos and Andy, right? You know, but he's a few more giant steps, and he'll he'll be in that cathedral. <laughs> right, right. No, I hear you. I hear you. You know, so we'll see. And and right now, they're receiving some of that backlash because a lot of the country is is rooting for OKC. And like I said, Kevin Durant. We could talk about Kevin Durant and Westbrook too. Kevin Durant 
has been a golden child in the NBA for a long time. Yeah. He's another guy that we've we've called great, but really hasn't. I mean, they got to the finals once. He's been in injury prone a little bit. He did win an MVP. His mo his mother was the real MVP. Remember that? That, that yeah. everybody loved that. Yeah. So you know, people are rooting for him. And then you have Westbrook on the other side, which is you know he's more of the untamed. See, now, now, now you're right. That's a great point because again, he's sort of anti stuff. Right. Because ain't nobody rushing to like <laughs> rushing to be making him like the teddy bear. And he right. says, hey, man, I ain't nobody's teddy bear. Right. You right. Know, I bite. Right. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, so yeah, people are rooting for that. It is. It is. It's almost like, you know, Steph versus Westbrook. And what's your, you know, what personality do you like better? That's who you're rooting for. Right. But you're right. I mean, Steph and Golden State. And I think that is part of their problem, at least for game one. And even I didn't think they played well. And, and you could say that Steph got injured. So right. I'm sure that played well, a part into part. it, right? And then him getting back in the flow, even right. the team, but they they haven't been they haven't been that same team that they've been in a regular season yet in the playoffs until game two, to me. Yeah, and I think that I, 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 we don't have the numbers here, but I think Golden State lost to they lost the season series to Oklahoma. No, I no, they they beat them. They beat them. Yeah, they beat them all, but they all came down to the last couple minutes, all yeah. all those games. So so game three. Obviously, is, is going to be. Important. Let me ask you a question. What do you think is the sexiest matchup? I mean, let's completely right. skip over all this other. Right. What do you think? That's was really all that matters on Bill Rodas was what we think. Right. But what do you what do you think is the sexiest matchup? I, I I'm, I'm thinking about this. I'd like to see um, a LeBron James. Right. And and I, I I you know the revenge part. You want to see Golden State again, except there's a point that they might win. <laughs> so, what, what do you think would be the sexiest matchup? It's close because I don't think, you know, in the West, you get either team in there. Like I said, there's, there's a lot of star power, and uh, particularly for, for the younger generation of millennials, this is their this is their time. They got Steph, everybody loves Who are the millennials? Could you tell me that, please? Under 35. I oh, okay. Say. I think right. that's technically what it is. Right, my daughter's 25, so I guess. Yeah, she's a millennial. millennial. Anywhere, you know, anywhere between okay. 18 and 35. Right. But. You know, so you have Oklahoma City and you have Durant and Westbrook. That's going to be sexy regardless. But I think it's, it, does, it's, it, it is Golden State because of that 73. They, they won. You know, it's almost like the Patriots right. who went, you know, undefeated. undefeated. Those, you know, they had this big record. They're expected to get there. So then it, it just makes it even the stakes higher for LeBron versus Golden State with his 73 wins. Can you beat them? And you know he wants to. You know he doesn't want. There's nothing to be greater than well, that. Remember we had uh, who we have on the show. We, uh, uh, we had uh, uh, we had. Um, was, it Jay, not, was it not James? Was it James? Uh, who who few was people it? talked about it. But um, uh, the brother who who covers um, right, the Cavaliers, Chris. 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 Yeah. And he had said that LeBron was just seething. Right. Just and you could just just seething here, all this stuff lavished on the Cavaliers and on Steph Curry and right. the whole on the cover Sports Illustrated. And, Draymond Green just doing one commercial after the other, you know. Right, right. So, you know, I mean, I mean, you know, LeBron doesn't care. Probably, He just wants to win a, a ring. And maybe OKC would be the easier matchup. But I'm sure he'll be up for a Golden State, yeah, no question about be, that. I guess market share would probably be Golden State. But um, So, listen, I, I want to – we're going to take a break. And when we come back from the break, I think I, I want to talk about something a little more serious, and that's the coaching carousel. In the NBA, there's been. I'm. I'm I, you you got to keep your. Listen, you could never go to sleep on this stuff. I, I, I keep a careful, um, a careful numbers count 
on how many brothers getting hired, who's getting fired, and there are a couple of disturbing trends. But we'll talk about it when we come back. We'll be back in a couple seconds. We're back at City Field. I call this Bill Roden on Sports, co-host Jamal Murphy. And before the break, we were talking about the uh, coaching vacancies in the NBA. My thing is, the NBA is roughly, I don't know, of players, like, I don't know, 78, 79, 80% black players. So, right. you know, black, the black diaspora, if you include. And so, I'm, and it's been like that for quite a while. And my thing is, when you look at that, it should be like baseball in terms of, you know, black managers, I mean, black coaches, black executives. It's really not. I think there have been, what, uh, there, there are 11 coaching vacancies. Right. There have been nine hires. Right. Of those nine hires, three have been black. Right. And I don't know. To me, that's just, that's just to me, a disturbing trend. Yeah. I mean, you know, we've, we've talked. It's been an issue. And, and in fact, the numbers have gone down uh, in the past, what, 10 years or so. There are less, there are less, black, you know, percentage-wise, less black coaches now than there were 10, 15 years ago. Howard Beck uh, wrote a piece on that for Bleacher Report, and he broke that down completely. Yeah. So you should check that out. But no, I mean, you know, it's 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 disturbing, and of the th- and, and it come, you know, you you try to think of the reasons why, and so you know why. Well, we know, yeah, you know why because of the people who are hiring them, you know, the GMs and the owners aren't making those, you know are reluctant to make that decision for many, many reasons. You know, it, it, and, and I, I guess I wonder, I mean, you know, a, few, a couple of years ago, you had all the, the brothers, you know, when when they were insulted, when black people were insulted by um, Sterling, Donald Sterling, and they all, you know, were wearing their shirts inside out. I'm like, okay. Right. I mean, I mean, just blatant, just blatant disrespect for everybody right. and your mother. Right, right. But, but to this, to me, is much more insidious. It's to me the jockey syndrome all over again, you know, with, with Trump and this whole idea of, of white people taking back their country. Right. And I think that's something that really resonates, you know, to white people. Right. You know, thinking that they've lost something. They were going to take it back, symbolized by you look at the NBA, you look at NFL, just all these brothers running, you know, up and down. And so now, and, and you know, they look at the, most of the fan base, I guess, is white or whatever. And it's just, a disturbing thing. My question is, should brothers play? It, 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 should brothers play a, a stronger role in determining who coaches them? No question about it. I mean, they should play a stronger role in a, on a lot of issues, but that's probably the the biggest issue. That's the closest issue to you. Yeah, I mean, it's has your, the, your employer, uh, right? It has the you know, the the biggest effect on what you do professionally. You, of course, you should play a bigger role, in it. and 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 some of some some of them do. And LeBron James has always, you know, we, we talked about the symbolism, the symbolic gestures that they've made, wearing your shirt inside out, right. the Black Lives Matter. So, and and, so, and to some extent, those black are black coaches matter. Too. Right, black coaches matter. <laughs> to some extent, those are, you know, I kind of look at those as oh, small things, and I kind of poo-poo them a little bit. But into, you know, in the culture today, though, I mean, he, he's doing more than anybody else right. as far as that's concerned. And when you, and you look at his coach and what happened there with Black. And he, you know, you can't tell me that he didn't have right. he didn't have any kind of say as far as getting Lou hired, and and I'm sure it had to, had more than race to do with it. But you know, he 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 wanted somebody that that and the rest of the team 
wanted someone that they could relate to. It was part of the problem with Black was that they, they, you know, they didn't. There was no rapport with him among right. the players, and that Lou, and all of a sudden Lou was the guy that they always went to, a black guy, their contemporary, and right. it's worked. It's, you know, it's ten and zero in the playoffs. I mean, right. I know it's LeBron in the week East. But, you know. Yeah, but but still, I mean, it's the idea of, and I'm sure people will say, well, I mean, can a white guy relate? And they said, well, yeah, I mean. Yeah, of course, but right. but you know, brothers can relate too. Right. Sometimes even better right. in a natural environment because they play the game, they're, they're you're familiar, you know, with you. And I, I just think that um, this is something that we really have to. You can't sleep on this. You know, you can't. See, it's just sports, but it's, it's significant. Um, right. And and the other hire, the other two hires, uh, Larry Bird in Indiana hired Nate McMillan. Yeah. who's been a coach, you know, coached previously in the NBA, been out as an assistant for a while, and now he gets another chance. That's a good thing. I think he, I think that's a good hire, and he was a good coach yeah. when, when, he, when, he, when he had a chance. And then the other one is interesting one where you talk about players stepping up for the coach and who we don't know whether it was race-based or not. But you know, Earl Watson right. uh, got the Phoenix job, and he came out of nowhere. He wasn't expected to get that job, but he was an assistant with the team and the team really wanted him they respected him and they basically vouched for him and got him hired so that's another situation where where the players did uh let their voice be heard yeah and i think you know i mean i think they've got to look at it too like they're not going to be playing basketball forever a lot of those guys do want to coach they probably do want to move up in the front office and these guys i think that you know about millennials and younger black guys i think that i think that there's been a major i think step forward in consciousness of a lot of, of a lot of guys who are playing, a lot of brothers in particular who are playing, and sisters, WNBA, and I think that they're not really afraid to look around and say, hey, listen, man, I mean, we're not talking about uh, giving anybody, giving people stuff, but we also don't want you to not give people an opportunity right. because either you're white or we're black. Right. And so I think that when they stand up for for guys who should be given an opportunity, they're in a way standing for themselves too in the future. So, you know, because we've been in this game, we've been playing this game since we were 12, and you can't tell us, you can't tell us we can't coach, you right. know. And, and I think that this is, again, it's this traditional power arrangement where white people feel they just got to have sort of white people, you know, in control of of, of, of you know of these black guys. I mean, I give I give uh, Larry Bird a lot of credit. Right. And and Bird, Bird's odd guy, man. I mean, he's always I mean he's always speaks his mind. But this is not an, an I don't think is an untypical move for Bird. For Bird, no, no I don't think it's a really an untypical move. No, I agree. Right? He's not he's not. Sometimes I say quote unquote the typical white boy. Right. And I know people. Well, maybe not listeners of Bill Rono Sport, but you know, to me, that's that's when I say T T W B, the typical white boy. I think it's somebody who really who who deals with uh, who who takes full advantage of uh, white privilege, white entitlement, no no qualms about it, doesn't really think out the box. Clearly, just is very kind of Eurocentric. Mm-hmm. Just like a typical thing, and, and Bird has never struck me as that, you know, no, that no. kind of person. No, he's had, you know, he's had a lot of experience, you know, with basketball. He's making, he's making a basketball decision 
he's dealt, you know, he's been around all kinds of people. Right. He, you know, he grew up tough himself. Like he grew up in a tough situation himself. So I'm sure he can he can relate. And trust me, he had to prove himself in the uh, NBA too. Oh yeah, big time. Because there are a lot and, of and in college. Yeah, right. Come from Indiana State to the NBA. Right. Said we'll show you, and then of course, it turns out that he, you show them, and was oh, like one of the best trash talkers. Oh. In the NBA, right? Ever. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I used to hate him when he when he when he played. I was a big Laker fan. I used to hate him, but as soon as he retired, I was like, "Yo, that boy was bad." <laughs> no, he's bad. <laughs> he's bad, like Richard Pryor said about Jerry West. He's, oh, uh, he said, "I can't mention the." You Richard Pryor used the N word. He said, "Man, Jerry West out there, he'd be making ends look ridiculous." <laughs> <laughs> Anytime you tell you a white guy to make a Richard Pryor right. monologue, right. you know you're bad. You're a bad man. Yeah. And then just finish it up with. With the coaching carousal and and black coaches, uh, Houston is one of the teams that has has yet to decide on a coach. And, and reportedly, ac- according to Yahoo and the Vertical, uh, it's coming down to either you know Mike D'Antoni, Ugh. he's back in the mix, Ugh. and and it's either him or or Paul Silas. Paul Silas is that the son's name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The ju- uh, what's junior. his father's name? No, no. Silas' name is Paul Silas. Paul Silas. So it's I forget his first name, but Silas, Silas's son, who's been a you know a long time assistant, was an assistant under his father for a long time, but has you know big time assistant now, you know for other teams. And I think I'm not sure if he was in Houston or not, but it's coming down to him and his 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 head assistant would be Lionel Hollins. Well, wow, that's great. So that's it's either those two or D'Antoni, and that's the decision that Houston is uh, is is going to make. So we'll see what happens there. That's going to be a very interesting show. Hopefully do with Lionel, you know, Lionel's a friend of the program. Right. And I think he's a great guy. So right. hopefully he'll get that shot. And, um, you know, I think I think a guy like Hollins, if you do hire a guy like Silas, and to have somebody like Hollins, I don't think, I don't think Hollins would mind at this point of his life. Grooming him a little Grooming bit. him and just being that role, you know, so where you could just kind of play that mentor. Yeah, and also keep people in line. Cause yeah, oh. Cause you know, right. yeah, he, you know, he, he has. Cause that's what's wrong there, man. Right. Houston, man, they need somebody like Howard, like Dwight Howard. Right. All I don't know what's going on down there, but clearly they need somebody there. Maybe a guy like Silas. Right. And then Lionel Howard, and even if Silas's father would come, that would be <laughs> enough, sure he, man. I'm all sure. them cats would just. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you could physically uh, yeah. intimidate him. So, okay, yeah, Dwight. I mean, can I see you in my office? Right. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So supposedly Silas blew them away. Blue Houston away in the interview, and he's a Brown graduate, Ivy League dude. So he, I'm sure, you know, he should give a good interview. We talked about that, right? The Brown, you know, like <laughs> now here's a brother. Right. Since what you need to to go to Brown, right, to get a job, but that's what they're doing in baseball. Right. In baseball, you have all these, you know, some brothers and a whole lot of brothers from the Dominican Republic. And now they say, well, you know, you need to have a College Ivy degree, League degree yeah. for analog. And they're like, wait a minute, baseball? Right. So, so, but now, so it'll be interesting. But you know, this country is famous for white people changing the rules right. in midstream. Right. So they said, well, wait a minute. Here's a brother from Brown who wants the NBA job. Well, you know, that's, yeah. it's not really that important. You know? yeah, it's, not, it's not an Ivy League position all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so we'll see. Yeah. You know, good luck, good luck to, to them. And uh, Dan Tony's had plenty of chances. Yeah. So, you know, I won't feel too bad if he doesn't get this job. I mean, it'll be fun. I like Houston again. Yeah. So listen, let's take another. Another break and come back. And uh, doping is in the news again. Not dopio as in Starbucks, but <laughs> but doping. And we're going to talk about doping in Russia and Deontay Wilder, the box who got who was uh, a victim, a victim of it. We'll talk about that when we come back. We'll see you in a couple minutes. 
So we're we're back. Bill Roden on sports, live from City Field. I don't know if you've even heard the background. Are the Mets getting clobbered here? I don't even know. They're oh, they're down two they're one down to the Brewers. Been kind uh, of Steven tough, Matz on the mound. Tough, tough sledding for the Mets recently. Yeah, the last couple games, at least. Yeah, yeah found it a hot Nationals team. Yeah, it's early. It's what are we in May? It's early. I'm not worried. I'm the Mets didn't even show up till uh, till about August last year. So, we'll the trade, whenever the trade deadline, that's when it all changed. We'll see. It's your as, team. I know as, you. Yeah, as long as, as look at this clearly. Yeah, as long as they just stay in reach, they'll be all right. They got a lot of talent. So close yet so far. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, doping has been in the news. Um, my colleague Julie McCool wrote a Sports of the Times column. It was on the front page. How come I never get a column on the front page? <laughs> but she wrote a, re- a really uh, fascinating column. But it was about uh, there, there's a range of wrestling uh, wrestlers who had, who had uh, tested positive. And part of the her, her point, and it's the point I've made relative to the NFL, is that at the end of the day, fans fans care about what fans care about are the hometown people. You know, the, all the stuff about cheating and that. It's like politics, local. Right. If it's our guys cheating, doesn't matter. But how, what, what do you make of the doping scandals in Russia? I mean, is this something that really, you know, kind of makes you enraged? Not really. You know, it's like a, it's like a, you know, a foreign issue. It's, it's Russian athletes. It's most, you know, when you think of Russian athletes, you're thinking mostly about the Olympics. Uh, this country doesn't really care about the Olympic sports until... Really recently, not even when the Olympics are going on. Well, when, the, when, when the United States gets beaten basketball, right. we can't. Right, or if we get beat, period. Because, you know, in, if Russia started dominating right. America in, you know, overall, I think then we'd, we'd, we'd care. Right. You know, well, but, but we, now, but we see, do pretty well in the Olympics. We do well. We, we, why should we? We have more resources and more wealth. Of, no, I'm not, yeah, we should no actually question. be winning everything. I mean, that, that's another show. But we have, we have such resources. We have we have we have so many resources in this country. I mean, the, the, the human resources we have in this country are phenomenal. I mean, we should be dominating everything. There's not one thing we should be losing in. Right. Yeah. But here, here's I guess a well, counterpoint. That's why they're doping. Huh? Well, they're doping, so I guess. Yeah. That's why what, everybody else is doping. No, if Russia's doping, then maybe we should be losing a couple yeah. of things. Well, but you know, here, here's my issue about this. All of a sudden, with this Russia, I mean, even when. I was a teenager. They were talking about the Eastern Bloc and right. doping. So, A, some of it may be cultural, but also, you know, you, are, you just always have to be aware of the, of the source. I mean, we're still in a Cold War. Mm-hmm. And beyond sports, Russia is a Russia is and always has been a, 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 an opponent. Right. So we're, we're, we're kind of smearing them as, as the United States is pure, and these are the bad guys. They don't. We don't. And to the extent that you're being fed stuff and all this stuff, I, I'm just saying that, yeah, okay, I get it, but are you telling me that we are pure as a driven snow? Maybe no, we're, we're not quite as systemic. And we, right. And we know, you know, I hear you, and I'm sure that's what Russia's, telling, Russia's saying. Is a huh? big cons- I'm sure Russia's yeah. saying it's a big conspiracy, too. But you're right. And I don't think we know we're not pure. I mean, you know, Lance Armstrong. Look at basketball. Look at you know, baseball. Baseball. I mean, it's all across. You know, it's all across the board. You know, we do it too. I think. I think what it, what we're trying to show, or 
you know, if, if there's any bias in the reporting, it's probably, oh, well, we, at least we try to police it, and you guys are basically encouraging it. You know, that's the only, that's the only difference. But if, there's no question that steroids has infiltrated, you know, Everything. worldwide. Everything. I mean, people want to grow their hair. What do they use? Steroids. Right. They want to have better sex. Right. I mean, it, right. I mean, we are a performance enhancement culture. We're a performance enhancement world. We're all, you know, except this thing of sports. We're somehow clinging to this myth of, well, this is the one thing that we should keep pure. So there's part of me that think, you know what? Maybe we should just open it up. I mean, clearly steroids work. <laughs> I mean, yeah. they, they they work, and people wouldn't right. be doing it. Stuff, stuff works. But also, you know, they've they've killed some people. Killed some people later on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I think that I think that just with everything else, you have to monitor it. Right. You could basically. I mean, who wouldn't want to get like in, in, in baseball? You get hurt, and you want to heal quickly. Right. You know, you want to put a cream on. Right. I mean, who would not want to do that? Right. That's just common no, yeah. sense. Yeah, and if, and if you're not an athlete, and and you can you can take a steroid. To help you heal, people do it, and it's allowed. It's not illegal, you know. Yeah. It's just illegal as far as the sports are concerned. If it's prescribed, uh, I wrote a column a couple of days ago about actually a friend of this program, Deontay Wilder. Right, remember was on we the had show. Deontay Wilder on the show, the WBC heavyweight champion of the world, and Deontay. Remember, he told us that he wants to put himself out there. He's six seven, so he took a fight. Uh, he, he took a fight against a Russian a Russian top contender and actually agreed to fight him in Moscow and was in uh, Sheffield, England training last week. Right. And he got the word on Friday. You know, the fight was supposed to be uh, Saturday coming up. He got the word Friday a few days ago that this guy had tested positive for steroids, same steroid that um, Sharapova was supposed to use. Right. And as a result of that, they canceled. They postponed the fight, and he was out of four point five million dollars. And not only that, this an opportunity to prove himself on the really big stage in somebody's hometown. He said that his goal was to go into Moscow, knock this cat out at home, <laughs> and get that four point five million, four point five million, and notoriety. So right. I spoke to him from 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 England, and he said, "Man, he, I'm pissed. Right. I'm pissed. I'm hurt. This was my shot." Right. So, and and I wrote that just to. I mean, you could do these stories, but sometimes, well, how does this affect when it goes when it hits home? It hits a friend, or in our case, a friend of the program. You know, it's like, wow, this is really, this is really screwed up. Right, right, yeah. So it has it affects people on all kinds of levels. You know, you never really think about that. You know, you kind of you, you you would think that that's a win for him. You know that this you know the the fight's canceled. Um, you know, he wins by default. He gets whatever belt. He was trying to get. So you think about it in those terms, but he, but the real loss is that four point five million dollars. Right, right. And, and, and he didn't win by default. I mean, that like right. they, they. Yeah, yeah. There's no. There was probably no belt at stake, was yeah. there? Not, his belt. Huh? Yeah. Maybe his belt was at stake. Oh yeah. But the, the advantage. I mean, what may happen is that there are two. He may be in a position to unify, because there's, there are two other champions right. out there. Right. I think both both Brits, and who knows? I mean. Clearly, he is the most attractive fight out there. Right. So you could try to keep this belt in Britain, but if nobody knows about you, I think he is the most attractive fight out there. So I think because of this, he might get 
a big shot. Right, yeah, charismatic guy. Right, you know, right. we, like you said, we had him on the show. Real, you know, real funny guy, good guy. I think if he gets that opportunity, uh, I think the country will will like him and fall in love with him. Then we have him back on the show. Yeah, get him back on the show when yeah. he's big time. Yeah. So we're gonna take just one more really sh- short break. Then we're gonna come back with our final thoughts. Uh, Jamal wants to talk about uh, the Dark Knight. <laughs> and I'm going to talk about the Preakness. That's right, horse racing. We'll be right back. We're back. With Bill Rowe, no sports. Um, Jamal, the Mets have been having a uh, a rough time of it. <laughs> I think you think you know why. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, rough relatively. I mean, they're what are they like twenty? Three and 17, 23 and 18, so six, five or six games over 500. You're right. They should be better than that. They have a lot of talent. Their pitching is, you know, was supposed to be great, but it turns out the dark night, which I don't think I've heard anybody call him at all all season for good reason. He hasn't had a good season at all. Um, he hasn't pitched well. In fact, you know, Matt Harvey that who's we're ta- is who we're talking about, and he's probably been the Mets' worst pitcher uh, so far this year, he's coming off a rough outing last night. Uh, his, his his worst outing ever. He gave up nine runs, six six of them earned in two and two thirds innings, in a nine one loss, nine to one uh, loss to the Nationals. Nationals are in first place in the in the National League East. Uh, Harvey is now three and six, five point seven seven ERA on the season, and. On it. His velocity's down. He's, he's throwing about 93 miles an hour average, where, you know, his whole career he's been at like 95, 96, 97. So, uh, and we talked about this uh, last year. Was Boris right? Was Boris right? Did the Met, should he have shut it down last year? You know, did, is he, you know, he, he, remember it was a big controversy. Bar, his agent, Scott Boris, said, you know, he should be shut down after a certain number of innings. He kind of, wishy-washy about it, but then told the press that he wanted to pitch, and he ended up pitching in the postseason and, and going beyond that in, innings limit, and now he comes back this year, velocity down. Maybe Boris was right, not, and I hate to admit it. I'm covering the Preakness. Uh, as you know, last year was a very historic year in horse racing. Finally, after 37 years, horse racing finally had a triple crown. Well, this year is sort of interesting. Uh, we have a horse, Nyquist, who won the Kentucky Derby, is in position as his favorite, actually, to win uh, the Preakness. And who knows that in just another uh, few weeks, we may have our second consecutive Triple Crown in, you know, in, in, in a year. I don't necessarily like what they do to animals. I think it's, it's, I think it's cruel to grind horses up. And I think you can tell a lot about society, about how it treats the most defenseless people, uh, lives in the society. So I'm going to be in Baltimore. I'm going to be covering the event. I'm kind of cheering for Nyquist to win because I always cheer for the story. Right. But I'm very curious to find out whether or not there could be a back-to-back triple crown and whether it will heal a troubled industry. So we'll see. And we'll be back in another week with another version of Bill Rodin Sports. Uh, Jamal, as usual, it's been a pleasure. Of course, here at City Field. 
Hopefully the Mets pull us out. Oh, yeah. I'm not supposed to be rooting, right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> the Milwaukee Brewers. I'm sorry. Yeah. We'll see. And we'll see you guys. Take care. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.